Hello everybody, this is Dr. C. In this podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, who I am. And the reason I'm doing that is because when I began recording podcasts, and actually I've done them many years ago, but this is the first time I've gotten more organized about creating podcasts and publishing them, and also making them available outside of my classrooms that uh, I looked at the anchor.fm account analytics and I realized that I have a lot more people listening than I thought. 40% roughly are within the U.S. That means 60% are outside of the U.S. uh, listening to my recordings. And so I looked down the list of countries and it was pretty much an almost endless list of different countries of people listening to my podcast or maybe just stumbling upon it once or twice but I appreciate you uh, listening in in addition to uh, my students who also are using this for studying psychology so uh, I'm curious about who you are who are these folks who are tapping on my podcast listening to me just talking to myself So I wonder if you just stumbled upon it by accident or whether you're currently taking a psychology class, wherever you are, or you just have an interest in the field of psychology. In any case, uh, I appreciate that. And you can reach me if you have any questions. I'm not sure the best way to do that, but uh, maybe just go ahead and just send me a, a message on Twitter. My Twitter account or handle is jack b teaching all one word of course so it's jack the letter b like a b c and then the word teaching together okay at jack b teaching and you can reach me on twitter and you can see the sub 20 followers i have um we have another travel related twitter account that we've been using for years and has almost well about 4500 followers but we kind of stopped using it for that purpose for a while in any case okay so let me talk about a little bit about my professional background and um and because these podcasts are public on my youtube channel and also with these podcasts i just use my nickname dr c instead of my full name obviously my students know who i am and it's not that hard to probably look me up so i just wanted to use that while um my online presence is not private or closed and um, okay I'm 53 at the time of this recording in the year 2020 and um, let's see I I was born I'm gonna give you all that information okay so (laughs) I'll just talk about my educational history got my bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Texas at Austin I started off as an electrical engineering major and this is back in the mid to late 80s okay so this is when computers were barely uh, being used personal computers we typed our papers on typewriters or printed out projects uh, using mainframe computer terminals and then we would go to a central location to pick up our printouts that time period seems like a blur to me 
given how much technology has invaded our lives now, to imagine that I, we went through college doing that and then graduate school. Um, well, let me let me reverse a little bit, and maybe this is a, a little bit of a lesson for some of you uh, in terms of having some life tips. Is that when it comes to college, and I may do a separate podcast about these kinds of topics as well. I wouldn't feel the rush to go straight from high school to university, to especially a four-year university where tuition is very expensive, unless you really have a clear path and you're very strategic about it. I was not. Um, for whatever reason, I just sort of coasted through high school, wasn't really that competitive, but in Texas, if you finish in the top 10% of your class, graduating class, it's an automatic admission to the state universities. And so that's where I went. And I just, I didn't even know what major to choose. And in hindsight, I don't think I was really ready to go to college. I didn't really think about the cost of it. Um, didn't plan out how all that was going to work, what my career goals were. And I was young and I really didn't think about that. In hindsight, I really should have taken a year or two off just get a job or be an intern somewhere, think about whether or not I really need to go to college, or even consider community college, a two-year college, and learn a trade, learn some skills. And I think if I had to do over, I've been thinking about this in the past few years, I think I would have gone to automotive repair school to, to be a technician and not necessarily open up my own shop, but that would be kind of cool. But that's that's a skill that will always be needed, regardless of the electric cars, you know, taking over in the next 20 years. There will still be internal combustion engine cars that require a lot of maintenance and and uh, repairs. So and plus, I, I enjoy working on cars when I was at that age. I'm not sure now. Now I'm a little bit gun shy about going under the vehicle and looking around, but. When I was younger, that was really an interest of mine. And what I would have avoided was a lot of student loan debt. I'm still paying on my student loans because I wasn't that careful when I was in school. I borrowed more than I needed. And uh, it was so easy to do that, you, you know, when you're younger, you only think about now. You don't think about five years from now. And even though my student loan debt is not as burdensome as some people who go to medical school or law school, it's still pesky to see that few hundred dollars being drafted out of my account every month to pay for that. And uh, so I, I think that's another thing is that think about how much college will cost when you're done and whether your career will be able to accommodate that. Now, student loan debt in some instances can be considered a good debt, like a mortgage of a house. It's an investment so as long as you're getting something out of that investment, then a student loan will be worth it then to not, say, become a medical doctor or an engineer or a nurse. But consider a two-year college, okay? And I'll talk about that later. I'm supposed to be talking about myself today. So even though I did not know what I was doing, I chose electrical engineering by accident. I actually was inspired by my high school chemistry teacher, as everyone was, and everyone loved Mrs. Hill was her name. I'm not sure whether she's still around or not. That was a long time ago. Everyone wanted to be a chemist. 
my younger sister actually is a chemistry teacher <laughs> because of her. And she teaches at the high school level in the Dallas area. And so I thought when I registered at the University of Texas, when I applied, I thought I circled chemical engineering. But when I got my documents, it said electrical engineering. And then I heard that electrical engineering, or double E, was one of the harder majors to get into. So I figured, okay, well, I might as well just go into that since I have some friends who are majoring in double E without even knowing what double E was. Yeah, I know. Very stupid and young at the time. So first year, you know, you start taking these basic courses and then starting in year two, every course is an electrical engineering course. And I really struggled in my second year. I was good at math, but I wasn't good at the electrical engineering or physics part of it, which is kind of ironic because my father's a physicist, a PhD in physics. So I must be adopted. Just kidding, uh, obviously. You don't inherit physics skills in your brain, possibly. But uh, that was that was a turning point for me. I, one of the things I noticed early on was I enjoyed the camaraderie of college, but I wasn't enjoying what I was studying. I thought it was normal to gripe about how hard classes were and how we hated studying. But then I realized my friends were actually reading electrical engineering magazines. And I thought... Why are you doing that in your off time? And then I realized two years into college, at a, you know, where tuition wasn't cheap and staying in dorms and apartments, you know, having all those living expenses, that maybe I should have chosen a path that I would enjoy. Believe it or not, that just did not, I just did not think about those things. I was just enjoying my friendships and enjoying college life and I wasn't a partier but you know I just sort of enjoyed those kinds of things as opposed to really focus on what were my goals at the, out, the, at the end goal of college I teach community colleges now actually I've, I've done so most of my teaching career and I noticed that my students almost to the person even these high school students who are taking early college courses they seem to have a very clear career path in mind and I really envy that I'm really glad that they have that which is really good and you don't want to pay money for to pay for any class unless you you somewhat have a clear goal now it's okay to explore but not at the expense of being in debt and so my first two years of taking electrical engineering was actually the worst way to do it because it was not an opportunity for me to even explore I did not take a wide variety of classes just to see what I might like I was on this electrical engineering bachelor's degree track which ended up being a mistake luckily at the University of Texas you have to declare a minor as well as a major so with all those double E credits double E became my minor so on my degree it has bachelor's degree with honors in psychology and a minor in double double E which I do not know if anyone on earth would have that that combination. Uh, a good friend of mine from college who unfortunately passed away about six, seven years ago, he uh, majored in electrical engineering intentionally, even though he was pre-med. You know, he could have studied biology, microbiology, chemistry, which most pre-med, or major in what's called pre-med. I think there's a separate major just called pre-med. 
But no, he, he actually wanted us to study double E, and he was my lab partner, just for the heck of it. And I thought, wow, that's pretty courageous. And so my friends who were double E's finished as double E's. They even went back and got their master's degree, and also a master's in business. These are real high-achieving guys. And I dropped out of double E, finished with bachelor's degree, and then I moved on. And I went to the University of Houston to study for graduate school. And again, even though I finished my bachelor's degree, I knew I wanted to be a psychologist. I really didn't think about what kind of psychologist I wanted to be. It was still up in the air. And, and I think that was another opportunity for me to just get out of school, see the real world for a bit, maybe travel or study, get some odd jobs before going back with a bachelor's degree in psychology. There aren't that many jobs in the field of psychology for you, but it, it, it can be a nice baseline for many other kinds of work uh, in terms of just having that college degree. But I didn't really think about careers then. I just thought, oh, I need to be a psychologist, which means getting a PhD. And in hindsight, I, you know, doing what I do now, I could have just studied two years to get a master's, master's degree in general psychology, and that would have prepared me to be an instructor at the community college level for life. I don't need a PhD to, to be an instructor. It's overkill. And so I went as far as finishing my doctorate degree in counseling psychology and did three years of clinical training, right? And along the way, you know, I needed a job, so I started teaching part-time at a local community college. And one year later, a full-time job came up, and I thought, well, while I'm finishing my dissertation, I'm done with all my coursework in grad school. I might as well get a full-time job. And there you go. I became a community college instructor, and I loved it so much that even after I finished my dissertation and got my degree, I, I did not feel the desire to work in a hospital setting. I did two years of training, clinical training, including an internship year in the VA hospital system. That's the Veterans Affairs hospitals for you international listeners um, that is our government-run hospital system for veterans for for the armed services uh, veterans so whether they're a combat or not uh, they get a certain amount of benefits medical benefits um, from being in the military and that was a very rewarding year very re rewarding experience I still have a very clear picture even though that was 20 years ago of the patients I worked with for that year. And I'll talk more about this at another time, but I worked with patients who had all sorts of disorders, ranging from Alzheimer's in, in the, I guess, the geriatric unit of the hospital, to schizophrenia, to post-traumatic stress. A lot of you are familiar with that when it comes to people experiencing combat or trauma. And all other kinds of substance abuse, homelessness, um, so needless to say, it was an eye-opening experience because I never had those life experiences. I was not in the military. I was not uh, living at the poverty level growing up. So I, I lived a very uneventful, middle-class, uh, lucky life. Right? No hardships, not abused, never did drugs, was not an alcoholic, didn't abuse alcohol at parties. I was very... <laughs> <laughs> uh, straight down the middle, kind of a boring, uneventful, uh, risk-free life at the time. And for me to try to work with people 
or in a life situation so different than mine was a real challenge. But I, I ended up, I thought, doing very well. And I could have had a career in that hospital. But one thing held me back, and that was my dissertation, the paper, research paper that you must complete to complete your degree for a PhD. And in hindsight, I could have gone for a PsyD degree with the initials PSY. It's a doctorate in psychology where your sole focus is being a clinician and a dissertation is optional, so research is not as emphasized. And that was something that came on more recently. So the more traditional degree is the PhD. And a PhD degree in any field represents a degree that demonstrates that you know how to do research, that you become a researcher. So most famous PhDs in any field are famous for their research, for something they've discovered, for discovering evidence leading to a famous theory of something. So usually psychologists do not become famous because of their teaching ability. So students going to a university like Stanford wanting to see a particular well-known psychologist they've seen on TV or whatever, and they go to their lectures, and they may be disappointed because they're not necessarily well-known for their lectures. And that certainly happened to me at University of Houston. There was a very well-known, well-published professor, but, I mean, the classes are small, and it just wasn't very inspiring, unfortunately. So... That's pretty much it. I I want to talk more about the all but dissertation status, meaning in the pursuit of a PhD, many people, including myself, get stuck at that stage where the last requirement you have for graduation is the research paper, which is very involved and challenging. Some people crank it out in a year or two. Some people let it linger. And while it's lingering, you still have to pay tuition, three to six credit hours of tuition even though you have a real life and a real job and you don't have those credentials behind your name because you're ABD so whatever degree you earned before that you would have to fall back on that and for me it wasn't a master's I went straight into a PhD program with a bachelor's degree which means that if I don't finish I have to fall back on that I don't have a master's degree to fall back on which would be a very strong credential so I was in all the way so to quit and I considered quitting at some point would have been a waste of time and money and energy and all of that coursework and nothing to show for it right it's like driving knowing how to drive for years but then at the time of test getting your driver's license you keep failing or putting off the driver's test you know so there are many ABDs out there who are very brilliant and capable and that piece of paper doesn't make a difference in real life as to whether I can teach or not in my job but just by not finishing that component can really hurt one's self-confidence and hurt one's career by not being able to uh, become an administrator in a college, for example, you really need that doctorate degree behind your name. So I'll talk more about that ABD styles and how psychologically damaging that is at another point and see if uh, I'll just dedicate one episode to that so that if you happen to be stuck, whether it's a master's thesis, getting your master's degree and you're stuck at that paper and can't quite finish it and, it let, and it's lingering on for years and you're already out of college and 
onto your real life, but you can't quite finish it, uh, whether it's a thesis or a dissertation paper, I'll try to help you and talk about how I got over it and how I created a support group at the college I worked for and found that at the community college, there were at least a dozen people who came out of the shadows and said, yeah, I'm one of those, um, where this degree is sort of lingering on. So, yes, I love education, but I do miss the clinical aspect of it. And at one point I thought about going back and then I would require a lot of clinical supervision hours and all that and to get my license in Texas. And a license in psychology is not universal. I cannot go from state to state and with it's not a nationwide license, which is kind of ridiculous. So each state regulates their license in psychology. So I decided to give that up. And um, back in 2010, after 10 years of working full-time as a faculty member at a community college near Houston, Texas, we decided to uh, give up our life in America and move overseas to go to Thailand. And uh, that was the country we ended up in for four years. And then we moved to Taiwan for two more years, at least. Um, so roughly seven, eight years later, uh, we came back to Texas. We didn't have a house. We sold our house that was in Houston at the time. <clears throat> and then uh, our daughter was starting community. She was homeschooled since middle school. But uh, now that we're back in the States, we might as well take advantage of uh, schooling here, the opportunities here. So now she's taking community college classes while finishing up her high school degree, and she's doing very well. Um, but this is the first time we've been in one place for, in the, in the back in the United States for a while, and we're having a lot of countercultural shock. But uh, yeah, we we visited a lot of countries while in South and Southeast Asia. Went to the Philippines, Malaysia, Myanmar also known as Burma, and my wife is Burmese-American, so we spent a lot of time there uh, living at a university for monks, a monastery university, uh, tutoring monks and nuns in English, which is a very rewarding experience. Um, and while we lived overseas, we had a travel blog, and People from the show, the HGTV show House Hunters International found us online and they called us and we thought, well, they emailed us first and we thought it was a spam email. Like, oh, that's not real. Why would House Hunters, and that was a show we liked a lot, actually. Why would they contact us out of nowhere? So we emailed back and say, well, if this is real, uh, have someone with some real credentials contact us and we'll talk to you. And then they, they, they did. So... We ended up being on one of their episodes back in 2011, which was a lot of fun. And my parents um, at the time, my mom was gone, but my parents at the time thought that we were just going to live overseas for the summer and come back. But we tried to tell them that this was a real move. We're going to live over there for a while. And we don't know when we're coming back, but each time they keep thinking we're coming back soon. And uh, in any case, my parents' friends... Uh, in the in the, the area would see us on the episode and think he they look familiar isn't that so-and-so's son and they, my dad would get these random phone calls i think we saw your son on television so that gave him a kick um but uh in any case i have a lot more stories to tell like that but i'll, I'll talk about them later so 
We're here for my daughter's education. We're stuck in one place in Texas, not the place we really want to be. Uh, rather live overseas and live in different places for months or years at a time. And it's quite affordable, actually, if you plan it out. It's not as if we're just inherently rich and we're living in hotels or anything. There, there is ways to live overseas in a very inexpensive way. And uh, But due to COVID-19, we're now here taking care of my 82-year-old father and my 80- and 70-plus-year-old in-laws in Houston. So we travel back and forth, and uh, we have a camper van, so I think what we'll do is just find weekdays where we can just go camp for three days in a row and various um, state parks. We've got the state park pass, and uh, normally we would take the camper van to the Pacific Northwest, which is on fire right now. Uh, we've gone two years in a row and stayed for three to four months at a time. And that's kind of how we live, you know. We, we like to travel slow and get to know people and make friends and, uh, and enjoy. It's not just to see a site and check it off a list. Um, not really quite into that bucket list mentality. But it's just to uh, appreciate nature and um, choose to live a slower lifestyle. And we appreciate small towns and living in a small town in Taiwan taught us that, that it's nice to know everybody in town. At first, it's like everybody wants to know your business. Why are they asking so many questions? But then I realized that was just sort of normal, normal behavior in a small town. Everybody asks, where are you from? What are you doing here? You know, how long are you staying? And, and we were in, in, in small town Taiwan. We were known as the American family. And every time we left for a week or so to visit relatives, they assumed that we left. And then when we come back, they say, oh, we thought you left for America. It's like, no, we're still here. And so it was sort of bizarre for them to wonder why we would live there because we're not farmers. We just rented a small house. I mean, we rented a big house for very little money. We got very lucky in that respect. And uh, and I, work, I teach online, so that's kind of how we do things. And cost of living is so low that we... We can break even every month with my extremely low income. And we could not afford to live this way in the U.S. And, and that's why we stay with family while we're here since uh, we don't own our own home again. So looking for the opportunity to go overseas. We'll see when that is. Okay, so you see how I just ramble? And I have no idea how long I've rambled for, but it doesn't matter. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you for... Um, uh, my initial podcast early on, I did make some money off those ads. Uh, I thought I would just make a few dollars for coffee, but it ended up being $50, which is not nothing, you know. And and that, that, that initial advertising is now gone, so I'm not going to add those little recordings for advertisement anymore until I get a sponsor of some kind, but we'll see. I'm not doing this for money, obviously. Um, just doing this initially for my class but I enjoy talking as you can tell so I figure I'll just try to record some of these off the top of my head podcasts as much as possible and I have some topics coming up that I jotted down um, I want to focus one on the ABDs out there and it could apply to anyone who has a project or some sort of maybe they're write, you're writing a book and something just a big thing out there that's just lingering and you just can't finish so we can talk about how to be organized get get your mental state right because there's a lot of uh, emotional and psychological hurdles to overcome 
to finishing something like that. So how to get unstuck is something we can talk about. I do want to talk about the state of America in terms of, you know, 2020 is an unusual year and there's so much here that will end up in our psychology textbooks in the future years to come. And so I do want to address that. The last thing I talked about was about the George Floyd uh, killing and, and the protests that came afterwards. But there's so much more going on now with the election coming up in a month. Politics, uh, the division, hate groups, um, stereotyping. There's so much to talk about. Color blindness, uh, not the condition, but you know. The, what people say, I don't see color, you know, that kind of thing. And, and we can talk about all these kinds of subjects coming up. Uh, I can focus one on psychology careers. I, I, I alluded to that a little bit here. Um, what can you do with a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's degree in psychology, or a PhD in psychology? Is it all worth it? If you're listening to this podcast as an undergraduate or high school student, or even someone looking to switch careers, is this a career for you? Maybe you picked up a a pop psychology self-help book out there and you thought oh you know maybe I want to want to be one of these people to to give back and be a counselor and I'll talk about what it takes to to do that educationally speaking in terms of what degrees to take and again this is all applied to within the United States I'm not sure how any of this would apply in any other country but in the US uh, I'll talk about what those uh, goals should be all right, I need to wrap it up at some point so I can get back to recording more longer lectures for my class. So thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey there, thanks for listening to this podcast today. Can you do me a big favor um, just so that this podcast gets heard by more students of psychology and other people interested in the field uh, go to apple Podcasts and put a little rating there if you like and uh, a brief uh, review okay and you can also contact me directly using the links in the description whether it's twitter or email with any suggestions or feedback that you may have to make the show better and uh, if there are any topics you want me to talk about i can add them and if you want to support me by buying me a coffee the methods are listed in the description as well. Again, thanks and have a great day.